This is Spoiler Country, a podcast about comics, movies, whatever, but mostly comics. Enjoy. Previously on Spoiler Country. You were like a good bowler, right? Yeah, I was a, I was state champion multiple times for bowling for juniors. I won state <laughs> champion. State for- champion? All right, welcome back to Spoiler Country. I'm Kenneth Regan. That's Johnny Horsley. And today's show topic is investing comics. Uh, I'm an avid collector, have been since 2014 on a serious level. Um, I collected a lot in the 80s and and some in the 90s and then stopped there for like a good 14 years through the 2000s. So got back into it and now I'm collecting quite a bit. My mentality about it, Johnny, is a little different. Wait, what's that? Well, I now... I have my poll list that I, of books I just like to read, and some of the newer ones I'm reading is Curse Words, uh, which is an image title, and mm-hmm. and I feel bad because I can't recall the writer and artist right now. Um, isn't it? Isn't that Charles Soule? It could be. I, I I really I feel bad. I can't remember here. Let me just pull it up real quick. I should know this. Charles. Yeah, Charles Soule, uh, S O U L E, and Ryan Brown. Yeah. Or brownie. Yeah, it's 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 a lot of fun. You know, it, it's I don't know. I mean, I don't take it seriously. I don't take any of my comic books seriously, but you know, except for when I'm transporting myself into the world. <laughs> right. But that's the fun part. It, yeah, that's the fun part. But it's a lot of fun and it's a and it's a good book and, and I would suggest anybody reading it. Um Scotty Young did a variant cover on it and it was you know, it was cool. He has variants for everything. Yeah, he does. And then, you know, I'm, I'm reading Birthright, uh, which is fun. And I'm reading, of course, Saga, which I think everybody should probably be reading. And I read Batman and don't read a lot of Marvel anymore. I still read. I read the first uh-huh. like I win. 10 or 11 Thors. But I've said that before in the past. So you're not really winning right. anything anymore. I win. Damn it. I win. <laughs> <laughs> Number one. One to nothing. So Woo-hoo. anyways. You know, so I have those, but now, aside from my normal poll list that I read, you know, weekly or monthly or whatever, as whenever they come out, I also go about looking for books that I've always wanted as, um, as a kid that I couldn't afford before. You know, yeah, and you know, and I've mentioned the Hulk one eighty one and the Amazing Spider Man one twenty nine. Those are two books that I really, really want that that are quickly going out of my price range even today. Right, they're 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 expensive books. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're yeah they're ridiculously expensive, and they're more than they should be. But it is what it is. If I have an opportunity to get them at a, at a price that makes sense, then you know, then I'll pick them up. Right. But now I actually look at books, and sometimes I try to figure out, okay, this book is selling for this now. What will it be selling for in five years? I'll do a little bit of research. Is has a TV show been optioned with this character? Has a movie storyline going to be going on with this? That's in in line with this particular move with this particular storyline, and I go through that. It's right, you know, and then I try to make a decision: Do I want to spend this money? Or do I not? Do I want to try to find it? Then I start thinking: Well, at the grade that I'm getting it at, do I want to get it at a grade that is? I try to get raw. Right, raw books, yeah. ungraded, um, but I still look at it from a old school mentality of if it's good, very good, fine, very fine, near mint, that kind of stuff. And do I want to spend the extra money on a? Do I want to get a good copy, which is, 
you know, like a 4.0 for CGC people? Or do I want to get like a very fine, which is like an 8.5, right? Right. And then, or near mint, which is, you know, anything over nine, I guess. But, you know, and that dictates the, the price, right? That can, like, if you get, if you get a near mint, like, okay. So, for example, I just picked up three books today, which is Conan number one, number two um, of the original 1970s series by Marvel. And X-Men number 135, which has the classic cover of the Dark Phoenix crushing the X-Men logo on top of the of the mag of the comic book uh, where she's defeats the X-Men on the cover. Anyways, such a great cover. Yeah, it's an amazing cover. And and it's one of the best storylines the X-Men ever did. I mean, it it still resonates. through. Yeah, it still resonates through Marvel today. That storyline actually still touches storylines that happen today because the people that are writing storylines today read those as a kid and they loved them i mean that's just the, the way it is so anyways so i got that book now i got these books uh through wheeling and dealing i didn't actually pay for these which is great you know knock that's on the best wood. way to do it man best way to that's do it best way you, to do it <laughs> yeah when you can do it and i looked it up right the first thing i did is i, I go on ebay and i look at the sold I, uh, option or i do the sold filter i should say and then search for my book so I get a good idea of what people are actually paying for the books because then I can look through them right and see okay this one looks like it's a near mint or even at the graded scale if it's graded then I cut it by at least half if it's a, a raw book does that make sense oh you take the, the greater price you cut it in half yeah if it's raw yeah. be- just because people are stupid and they and they pay more than they should be just because it's graded <laughs> that's I mean, why I don't buy graded books <laughs> yeah well to me a graded book should cost 45 to 50 dollars more than the actual value of the book and that's simply for the cost cost of getting it graded exactly and that's it that should only be the thing that that should be charged on that book but whatever so anyways we have a we have a whole episode talking about that that's right you guys should check it out so conan though is like about a 120 dollar book in the in the the condition it's it's an amazing where do you see these amazing condition dude you'd be like what the you know and the fact that that they're raw that first issue of Conan is amazing. It's the cover on the art and the cover is just I love it. Yeah. I've always loved that cover. Yeah. 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 It's really, really good. And uh it's it's just a lot of fun. So yeah. I'm ex- I'm excited to actually have this in my collection now. And then the X-Men. So but you know, I don't go through and I'm I'm not going, oh, now I have X-Men 135. I need 136, 137, 138. You know, I'm not thinking about runs as much as I'm thinking about key issues. And that's the investor mentality of me that when I, you know, because I'll probably never get rid of these books, right? Right. Unless something dire happens, I'll probably never get rid of these books. But when I pass away, then other people will, right, right, I'll give them to you. Yeah. (laughs) But, you know, the thing is, is my entire collection will probably be worth like maybe five grand, right? It's not going to be worth like a bunch of money. You know, right? Maybe more, maybe less, depending. Because I do you'd have. You'd some be surprised. Issues. I mean, you'd be surprised. Like I was just, I just talked. We talked recently about that box of comics I had stolen, and it quickly got valued almost nine thousand dollars. Yeah, but that was a that's a totally different level of collection. I mean, that's part of your dad's collection that he bought in the sixties. You yeah, know, but unless you plan, on, unless you plan on dying in the next two years, you know, let's say you get another fifty years out of yourself, then these books are fifty years older than they are now. Yeah. That buys you way up. Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. I mean, it all depends on, on on timelines and all that kind of stuff. I'm just saying, if yeah. I died today, they'd be worth about five grand. 
all together. Right, okay. And you can go through and get and pull out the key issues and, and all that kind of stuff. And that's what I want, right? I want to be able to say, here's my collection and say for, you know, they get it and they look through it and they're like, you know, and maybe they don't know, but they call you up and say, hey, can you look at these? Kenrick said to have you check these out and you go, oh yeah, key, 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 key. These ones are the ones that you want to sell by themselves. These ones you can just sell in a bulk and don't care about. Yeah, I'd be, I'd be just like, nah, these are all crap. You should just give them all to me. There's nothing good in here. It's all junk. He didn't, he didn't know what he was doing. It's all just crap. You would be morally bankrupt if you did something like that. And then I think I would you would feel do that. so bad. I bet you'd get home and your gut would fall out and you'd be calling, crying, oh, I fucked you over. <laughs> I would never do that because I, I just, I could never screw somebody over. I mean, I've, I'm too much of an honest person to do shit like that. Yeah. Well, it, so that's my mentality when I invest is that I'm thinking more on and maybe that's a terrible way to do some some things on a collection. Now, I still get things that I love regardless because yeah. I, I have a pull list and I still read as much as I can. You know what I mean? But then I still still. But now I, ha- I have that added element of looking for particular titles and particular books that, um, you know, issues within runs that I really, really want. Right. See. I used to be, as you know, I used to be a little bit more eccentric with my collecting. I used to try and get complete sets and runs and key issues and first appearances. And at one point I had, yeah. you know, a complete set of like, you know, series two of Superman, Adventures of Superman. You know, I had, I had complete sets of all like the eighties and nineties and two thousands Superman and Batman issues. I had, I was collecting Green Lantern, I was Green Lantern, Flash, pretty much anything DC. I was like putting it into a box and trying to get a run out of it. And then Recently, I was like, I don't need 120 boxes, long boxes of comic books. That's a bit too much. <laughs> it's a lot. Well, you had a lot. <laughs> designs of opening up your own physical comic book store. I did. I did. But also, in the mix of all that, too, I was also just, you know, super collecting a lot of stuff. Right. Which, you know, it's it, it, my wife's very happy that I've decided to change the way that I do my collecting of comics because, it, I mean, it's too much. Well, what did like, your investments after your father passed away get like? Oh, I started after my before my dad passed away. I was just reading. I had my collection. I was reading some comics here and there. Yeah, but I wasn't really buying a lot of stuff. I was buying an issue here, an issue there of stuff to, to fill holes. But I wasn't like trying to build out a better collection. But then when my dad passed away, like my therapy for my dad for dealing with my dad's death because my dad and I were very close was basically to continue his collecting. Yeah. So I kind of just started buying stuff that he would buy, buying more into what his collection was to fill out the holes in his stuff, spending spending money to complete the collections that he gave my kids. So I yeah. ended up buying – he had given Cody uh, a, a run of an almost complete set of Jimmy Olsen. He had number two, pretty much two on. So I found an issue number one and bought that for Cody. So he has an issue number one for it. And I spent a lot of time just trying to finish out these collections my dad did and kind of just went overboard on, on buying comics. Yeah. And – at the time when my dad passed away, I personally had maybe four long boxes of comic books that I had kept. Because I mean, over the years, I have I have grown and shrank, grown and shrank. You know, right, right. I had at one time, you know, in my early twenties, I had like you know thirty boxes of comic books, and I had sold that down. But when I got married, to about a box and a half to three boxes somewhere in there. Wow. <clears throat> and then over the years, you know, I'd buy some, I'd buy an issue here, buy an issue there. I'd go to a comic con, get some exclusive stuff, and I'd throw it into a box. Yeah. But, this whole time, we still had all the old business stuff from my old comic shop online. I had my sister and my dad at my parents' house. So there, there was, you know, 250 long boxes of comic books just sitting there. Holy of, moly. Yeah, it was an 8 by 10 room full floor to ceiling. It, it's insane. So 
when my dad passed, one of the things I started doing was I would start just going to my mom's house, start flipping through boxes, looking for stuff that I liked, stuff that I wanted to keep, stuff that would fit into runs that I was trying to do, like the Superman, Batman, anything DC pretty much, or Wolverine, and pulling those out of the old business inventory. So my three, four boxes turn into 10 boxes and 20 boxes and 30 boxes. And then all of a sudden, half my garage is full of comic books from ones that I had taken from the old business, ones that I got from my dad, ones that I had then bought off Craigslist, bought off eBay. Because for a long time, I was I was bidding on comics every day on eBay. I would look for deals. I'd look for yeah. uh, the best thing I could find. I had a, I had a, a thing set up. I remember I told you, told you about this when I we first started talking about comics is I had a text alert on my phone for Craigslist whenever somebody posted on Craigslist about comic books within my area. Yeah. I'd have it text me right away so I could be the, one of the first ones to message them to go try and look at their comic books and, and buy their comics. And I bought a lot of collections doing that. Yeah. You know what I hate? I hate it when you go on Craigslist and you do a search for comic books and you're looking for you know, people that are selling comic books and all you get is inundated with people that are looking for comic books. I know. I wish there was a way to determine that like, I say, no, no, I want to buy them, not not sell them. You know, you know, yeah, you get what I'm saying, right? It's well, like yeah, uh, people, 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 people post in the for sale section stuff they want to buy. Yeah. It's like, that's not the, no, you go, it go to the wanted section. Insane. Yeah. I hate that. Anyways, go ahead. So anyways, I, you know, before I moved out of the last house, I had built up a ton of comic books. Then it took a couple of years after my dad passed away to get to where I was okay with only, you know, I didn't. When you're a collector and you get them, you get the collector mind. You want everything. You, especially for me, I become like obsessed with it. I wanted to buy. I wanted everything. I mean, it was so bad one time, Kendrick, that I bought when Man of Steel came out. I bought the Walmart box pizza box that had Superman on it, and I kept the pizza box. <laughs> like, no, you did not. No, I did. It was I had it on my wall in my office for like a year before I, a year before I moved, and I was eventually I was just like, what the fuck am I doing? Why do I have a pizza box? Why am I keeping every little thing that has like Superman or Batman on it, like uh, you know, a carton or a, a toy box or or something? Why why am I not enjoying the stuff that I'm buying? You know, I buy toys and I leave them in packages. I'm like, well, if I'm going to buy these toys and they're for my kids, why am I not letting them open them and play with them? Why would I buy this and not let them play with it? And so I, I went through all this basically inner turmoil, mentalness. Like, all right, let's figure this shit out. To where there's an old saying that my 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 brother-in-law, Mike Gordon, who's also an artist who drew a comic strip with me that we're actually going to publish a book for. I'll talk about later, but he always said he's, he's a collector and he collects antiques and he collects world war two stuff and Japanese samurai swords and stuff like that. And he, he always says, you know, that <clears throat> live by the adage of keep the best trash, the rest. Right. And obviously not trash them, but you know, sell them. So I was like, yeah, I mean, why, why do I need to have all 226 issues of series two of Superman? I'm not going to read yeah, them. Yeah. I don't care. I care about like six issues out of that run. Exactly. So that's what I'm I'll doing now. This, I'm cherry picking. Yeah. I'll keep the six that I like. You know, there's a couple covers. I mean, some of the ones I like aren't worth shit. I just like the covers on them or, or I like the story in them. So I keep the ones I like and I got rid of all the other stuff that I want. And like when New 52 came out, yeah. I collected, I had pretty much everything new. As you know, I had all of it. I had the Batman, the variants, the second prints, the third prints. I had all like nine or 10 <laughs> covers of Justice League. Why? I hate variant covers, but I fucking bought them all. <clears throat> so uh, you were marketed. <laughs> I was marketed. I was like, nope, I'm buying all this shit. So I, you know, over the last year or so, I've kind of gone through all my stuff again. And I'm like, I pared down from, you know, 100 boxes to 60 boxes to where, 
uh, right before San Diego, I, we talked about before, I sold 60 short boxes and then I sold another uh, like 10 or 20 uh, a week or two later to where now I only have. Um, where do you put your comic book boxes? Because I'm always like deathly afraid to put them in the garage. So they're oh, all right, in my closet. Right, oh, right now they're right behind me. They're in my office over in the corner over there. But yeah. they were they, when we moved into here, they were in the garage and I want to get they were in the garage. Have you seen I, those uh sorry. Have you seen those comic book boxes that interlock with each other so that you can create like you can almost make them like furniture in a way, but they interlock with each other and then they they have their own drawers that pull out. Yeah, I, I see a lot of people like them a lot. I I've seen a lot of them. I I'm I like the thinking idea that I might them. get that because you can you can create the different stock, you know, because you, you can stack the way you stack them up keeps them solid for one. And second, you can pull them out to actually get to them because that's the one thing. I only do short boxes. I don't do long yeah, boxes anymore. Same. Yeah. Hate long boxes. Yeah. Only short boxes, which only cover how many books? Uh, 150 to 200, depending on how you pack them in there. Yeah. And I have about two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, about 12 short boxes. So I don't have that's a lot. More, that- that's, that's actually more. You have more comics than me now because I'm down to about not counting Cody's comics. Because Cody has about seven or eight short boxes of his own. I only have like maybe ten short boxes. Yeah. Well, I want to do can't. is is either have you come up or I go down and we go through my books and create some bundles and and yeah. and sell them of the stuff that I'm just never gonna go through or never gonna right want. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because it's just too much. It's too much. Like. The, a lot of the ones I have now, and the ones that, so the ones I've decided to keep. Where, where I was going with all those huge, long, convoluted story I was telling is now my mindset is I, I keep the stuff that I want, stuff that interests me, stuff that has some kind of a meaning to me, or some type of intrinsic value, right? Something besides just that's worth money, you know, or right. or or I need this, I need this whole run. Right. The only the only run in comics that I have is I have all seventy five issue of issues of New Game and Sandman. That's the only run that I have. <laughs> oh, that's a that's a good one though. What's that number one selling for? Uh, I don't know. I, I lost twenty, thirty, fifty bucks. I have no idea. I haven't looked it up in a long ass time. You know, it's got because be I have it because it's such a it's such an if important. I have, you one. know, if if I have it, I'm not looking it up. You know, you're not Let's looking. Sam number one. <laughs> As you uh, look it up, you just said if I have it, I'm not looking it up, and then click click well, click not, click. Not, <laughs> Not, you asked the question. I know, but it's just so funny. Shit, the way it came across, dude, it's funny. Come on. Yeah, it's about <laughs> it's, it sells for about fifty dollars. Looks looks like that's it. But number one, yeah. But I have that. I have in in, in that set. I have number eight. I have which is the first death. But I also I have both versions. There's because there's two versions of that book. Because the first printing of that book had a note from the editor inside, but they only after I think they printed eight hundred copies of that one, and then they pulled. They had to stop the print run pull that letter out and then put a letter from the publisher in and then finish out the print run. So I have both, I have both versions. That's crazy. You know, Russ had the, uh, I think it's a, I think it's a justice league. I might be wrong. It could be a Marvel title, but I think it's a justice league and it has the first published work of George RR Martin. And it's a letter to the editor in back of a comic book. I'm pretty sure it's an issue of fantastic four. Is it fantastic four? I, I think so. I remember hearing about it. I'm pretty sure it was a, it was a Marvel letter to the editor from. Yeah, I, I think he, he might have sold it by now. He had it. He I, he showed it to me. He goes, he's like, yeah, this book is like going up in price because it has because somebody realized it's the first. It's you know, there's a letter in the back for for George right. R. R. Martin. So even though he's not he's not a published, it's not a published work of his. Right. <laughs> just the fact that he wrote in a letter, which cracks me up because it's just like you got to be kidding, right? 
Yeah, it's, here it is. It's an issue, it's an issue of issue of Fantastic Four. Yeah, <laughs> it's but, number it's Fantastic Four number seventeen. Yeah, but the thing which is it's early enough that it's not an easy book just to go out and buy, and you're right. probably going to spend a minimal of thirty bucks before it was the fact that George R. R. Martin was a known commodity and it was in the back. It's only been a few months that people realized that's what it was, right? Or a year or so. You can buy you can buy it on eBay right now for there's one there's one on eBay for twenty dollars. Oh, let's see, there you go. But that's only that's one all the other ones are so are up for like a hundred dollars a piece. There's one for seventy though. Is that a bid or, though? Or, 20, or is that a buy it now? <clears throat> it's a bid, but it's it only has a day left. Yeah, but that'll go up. I bet you that'll go up. It'll probably go up, but I mean, you know, people are watching it, going, "Okay, I'm going to wait," because yeah, yeah, everybody, does, I do the same thing, right? Two, three seconds left, I put in my highest bid. Right, I used to do that. It's called this. I used to do it all the time. Yeah. Well, that's no. That's like, the only eh. way you can win anything. Right. If, if I put it, in twenty bucks for something that I think is worth twenty bucks, and somebody else wants it more, and they're going to put in twenty five, and then I'm going to put in twenty six, and then it's just it fucking just keeps going up and up and up. But if I wait and I snipe it. For I don't I guess that's the term I don't know yeah I don't fucking care at that point because it's like okay well fuck what, what am I supposed to do you know what I mean I'll never win anything yeah you put like twenty dollars on it come back and somebody somebody wins at twenty dollars and two cents You're like fuck you you know what I did one time oh my god so I have the complete run of Why the Last Man except for the first printing of number one right which yeah. is hard to find and it's like three hundred dollars so I don't know if I really want to buy it right. I got number two through whatever for 60 bucks, right? Nice. <laughs> but yeah, but dude, here's the deal, man. I was looking on my phone, right? <laughs> and I saw it and I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. And I was thinking about putting in 30 bucks. I was thinking about putting in 30 bucks for the bid, right? Yeah. Because it was like at 20 at that time. And I was like, okay, I'll put in 30. And then I stuck the phone in my pocket, but I didn't hit the uh, bid button, right? And when I stuck the phone in my pocket, it added two more zeros. Oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> and so like an hour later, I'm looking and I'm like, why does it say my highest bid is $3,000 from <laughs> two through 63 of Why the Last Man? I freaked out. And then the thing is, though, Johnny, that the, the, the thing was ending in like a minute. So you couldn't you couldn't retract the bid? No, <laughs> no. Luckily, the highest bid was like fifty nine dollars, and I won it for sixty bucks. So it was more than you wanted to put on it, but you still got it. wasn't three thousand dollars. Yeah, dude, I was I was <laughs> shitting balls, dude. I was like, oh my god, because because what if it went up to three hundred, or what if it went up to five hundred? I would have been in in for sin. Yeah, you have you have to do it. Otherwise, you get fucked. Yeah, yeah. That's how I got my Batman Adventures number twelve so cheap. Yeah, because the guy Just waiting. No, no, no. The guy, um, the guy that I bought it from, purchased two of them, and that one was a a bid that he put in, but he didn't think he was going to win it. And then he got a nine point eight for like three hundred dollars cheaper. Oh, but he couldn't retract the bid for the nine point four that I ended up buying. Does that make sense? I overpaid for that book. Yeah. Though. Did you? What'd you pay for it? I don't want to say. More it's than too you much. I don't want to say it's too much. <laughs> I paid two fifty for my my copy of that book. Right. What? What? Yours is like a. Is yours graded? Yeah, it's it's a graded. It's, it's a seven point five. I mean, I went that. I went. I don't. Yeah. See, I don't really give a shit. Like to me, seven point five is looks great. It looks fine. I yeah, don't but care. you're not going to buy nine four for two fifty. 
No, I'm not going to buy a 9.4, but I, I probably wouldn't buy a 9.4 anyways because it's yeah. too expensive. I don't care. Well, yeah, you know, but for, I mean, I didn't have to buy it all at once. I, I, I made some payments on it, so it didn't hurt as bad. You know what I mean? Oh, I know what you paid for. I remember now. Yeah, and, and the thing is, is that at the time when I bought it, it was actually trading for that much. Yeah, but now it's now it's gone down. It's gone down quite a bit, actually, which is kind of surprising. I'm kind of shocked. I didn't think it ever go and down. For those, for those listening, that's the first print of Harley Quinn in comics. Yeah. That we're talking about. Yeah. Which is yeah, so, cool. I kind of want to crack it open, though, because yeah. after us talking about all that stuff, it does kind of piss me off that I have it behind a slab and I can't actually read it and see how how they wrote the story. I don't know how they wrote the story. I've never read it, which they sucks. Have, so I think if you, if you go to Amazon right now, you can you can get a digital copy of that book for free from Harley Quinn Day if you want to read it. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll go. I'd check that out. That'd be cool. I picked it up. I picked it. Up. I did it yesterday. There, there was a bunch of free books on Amazon left over from Harley Quinn Day and uh, coming up for a Halloween Fest. Yeah, so, you can just do it at Comicology, Comicsology. No, I just on Amazon.com. That way, it goes to your Kindle and to Comicsology app. Yeah. So we're gonna do a Halloween special podcast, right? I hope so. That's the plan. Yeah, and I think the plan is to, to talk about horror books and the different books that we've we've liked throughout the years. That's going to be a fun one. Yeah. Yeah. Because, yeah. I mean, we started off the other day talking about 30 Days a Night, which we can talk more in depth with, because I contend that's one of the best comic vampire books ever written. Yeah, it's it's a solid book. I mean, it's it. Steve Nallis does a great job writing horror. Well, it's just how you think vampires should be. We're yeah. food to them, not not all this romanticization that, that you know, Anne Rice has done and and vampire diaries is done and everything else right you right. know people should not be falling in love with vampires vampires yeah. don't sparkle right <laughs> right it's kind of weird we're food and it's so it's kind of i don't know i never liked it i i read this series of books dude that we should actually talk about and you might want to just read the abridged version or listen to the audiobook actually and they're called the blood wars by well it's the necroscope saga right and the Nexus Scott Saga is a bunch of books, but there is a compendium called Blood Brothers, Blood Wars, and The Last Airy. And uh, it's written by a, a guy named Brian Lumley. And the vampires of these books are horrendous. I don't know how else to put it, you know? And the things that happen in the book is crazy. And it's, it's super... It's super gory, but not in a way... To, it's not gory to be gory. You know what I mean? What's it called? It's... Well, the the, the 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 full series is called the Necroscope series. Oh yeah, we we, ta- we talked about that. We talked about that before. Yeah, we, we probably have. Yeah. yeah, yeah, we talked about that one. Yeah, it looks. But, I haven't read it, but I I recognize. Yeah, I know I know the covers because they were always. Oh, they were, very used to detailed. be in the grocery store. You'd see them in the grocery yeah. store, and it would have like <laughs> that skull, and then the vampire fangs, and then you'd have a long tongue coming out of the skull, and that yeah. was on Necroscope, and it was like super scary. Uh, Brian Egerton, I think, is the artist's name. So, oh my god amazing artist amazing stuff and the writer brian lemley just does a great job on weaving this stuff he's pretty old now and they've, they've been optioned for movies for a long time which i'm kind of shocked that they haven't actually made it to the screen yet but they're really really gory and there's some really oh man there's some hard stuff to read on on a couple pages but w- when you get to the nature of what these things are you're just like okay this guy knows what he's writing you know Right, he's not romanticizing something that would kill you because it's hungry. Right, exactly. Because I never understood. Like, I mean, 
I don't know. I watched. I read Twilight. I didn't really care for it because it's not my thing. I watched the movies with Kaylee, and the movies are terrible. You read the book? You know, I did. I read all four of them. <laughs> you read all four of them? <laughs> it did. That should have been your guilty pleasure. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I didn't like them. I didn't like it. <laughs> it was like, uh, I, like ooh, Twilight. Oh, but you read all four. I'm like, if what? I don't like a book, I don't read the rest of the series. I'm like, I'm done. <laughs> I read I read all four so I could talk about it with Kaylee because she was reading it. She wanted someone to talk to Is that when you with, first so. started uh, dating? No. We were, had been married for like a couple of years. Uh. You should lie and at least say we just started dating. I was trying to really win her over still. Yeah, <laughs> so but I read anybody, Twilight. If, that sounds romantic, if, romantic at least. <laughs> but if anybody listening looks up like the timeline, knowing that I've said I've been married for almost 11 years and when Twilight came out, they'd be, oh, I'm big, I'd be lying. When did Twilight come out, though? That's got to be like the early 2000s, 2007, wasn't it? 2007, 2008. And when did you guys get married? 2006. Ugh. No, 2007. Right there. See? Right there. You could like... She said no the first time. So I read Twilight. Then she said yes. No. <laughs> That'd be terrible. <laughs> I think she think it's funny that you read all four. Oh, actually, Twilight came out, Twilight came out in 2005, so it, w- it would line up. See? There you go. Damn you got it. your story. Right, hold on. Wait. Back up. Erase that. I read them all so I could win Kitty's heart over because of her love of vampires and vampires <laughs> sparkly fucking. Her love of vampires. <laughs> Actually, she, uh, she, yeah, I mean, those books are terrible, but whatever. She made millions off of them. You guys loved them so much, you were in a fan video, so. <laughs> yes. Yes, we were. We went to That's University classic. of Washington, and we starred, well, not starred, we were backups in a Bella Colum Project Twilight fan video called Safety First. So if you look it up, Safety First on YouTube, and go to about like the, I think it's like, three and a half minutes or something there towards the end, you'll, you'll see the girl who is supposed to be, you know, Bella Swan push through Kaylee and me as we're kissing. <laughs> I, I have a screenshot about, I, I'll post a screenshot in the, in the when they post this up. <laughs> Cause that's about investing. <laughs> eh, whatever. Investing in my marriage. Oh God. Man. Oh God. Don't get right, so back to investing. Sappy. So shut up. <laughs> <Stop it. laughs> back to investing. So, now what I buy, because I told about before, you know, I buy everything. Now what I do, I buy things that I want to read because one thing that this, this podcast has done for me is it's, it's supercharged by the amount of reading that I'm doing, which I already read a lot, but now I'm reading like three times more because I want to know all what's coming up. But I'm, I'm actually not reading anything from DC or anything from Marvel. I'm reading yeah, all Yeah, we're doing a lot of independent stuff. We have some DC and Marvel books we want to review. Yeah, I'm actually, I'm actually, re- sorry, I take that back. I'm actually currently reading the Immortal Iron Fist right now, back from the Civil War run, which is pretty good. That's a, but, a but, oh, oh, you know, I think Comicsology has like their own. They do, like, they do. Like it's special just to them, right? There's no hardcover. Yeah, yeah. There's no hard copy. Yeah. Not, I'm not reading that one, but they do, they do have one that is exclusive, exclusive to Comicsology, which I'm gonna, I'm gonna read next. But mostly what I'm reading right now is stuff from Kickstarter. Indie stuff on Comixology or just like some indie stuff that I've had sitting around that I've always wanted to read. I just never got a chance to it because for a long time I, I was just reading everything DC, which got honestly it's, it's tiring. It wears you out because there's just so much and it's not that it's bad. It's just there's just too much. Yeah, well, I mean, it's yeah, it's all the same thing. And then it, there's a lot. 
no matter what, it doesn't matter who you read. When you're reading a connected universe like Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman, the big, you know, the Trinity, and then everything else. And the same thing with yeah. Marvel, the X-Men, the Spider-Man, and Punisher, and all that stuff, and Avengers. At some point, the rehash of storylines just happens naturally because you can't help, but you've already told 75 years worth of material. You know, exactly. And then how many times is, is Brainiac and Superman going to fight? You right. know, and how many how many different fights can they have when, when Brainiac pretty much has one sole purpose? <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. And it's just, you know, I, it does get tiring to read the same stuff over and over and over again. And, you know, I mean, it just even with the rogues gallery that Batman has, it still gets old. You know, it does. It gets repetitive. Yeah, it gets repetitive. Exactly right. And that's why going into the independence and checking out Kickstarter and and doing all that kind of stuff makes a huge it it breathes new light into your love of comic books. It really does, because I just back. Actually, I just backed a couple of new comics yesterday because these look good. And one of them, actually, I'll tell you about this now. I wasn't about this off the air, but this is a perfect segue into it. There's a comic on Kixology called After the Snow which is 10 years after the tale of Snow White. And it looks amazing. And I actually emailed the guys from the show to see if we could get a, an advanced copy to read and review and talk about. Yeah. And they sent, they sent me a copy. So I have a oh. copy of the book for us to read and PDF? talk about. And it's PDF, yeah. Not perfect. Because so they're, they're in Australia. So, But I, I, I was flipping through it last night, uh, just looking at the first couple of pages. The artwork is fantastic. If the writing matches the artwork, it's going to be an amazing book because – it looks really good. So I have a whole, they, they, they sent us a whole like press release with like graphics and a copy of the book to read. So if you want to check it out for yourself, just go to Kickstarter and search for After the Snow. But we're going to read it and talk about it because it looks amazing. You know, the other one I want to do is The Cursed and the, the Few and the Cursed. Yeah, you know, that's that. The that Few and the Cursed. amazing. The writer of that, Felipe Cagno, Cagno uh, he's actually the writer of a book that I backed a couple months ago called Too Good to Be True that I actually I just wrote a review for, which I'll post on Tuesday on our website. Yeah. And yeah, The View and the Curse looks really good. It just looks like a lot of fun. And it looks like crazy. I think I backed that one too. I'm pretty sure I backed that one yesterday. Yeah. Well, I I, I independently found it online and then saw nice. your tweet out to the to the writer, Cagno. Nice. nice. Cagno? I think so. I think it's Felipe Cagno from Brazil. Yeah. And uh, when, you know, but when I read the synopsis of what the story was, it's like, I can't wait to read this. And it's on Comixology. The first two issues are on Comixology. Yeah. Yeah. And this is for like a, a, a collected works with like seven different stories in it, too, which is the, the current Kickstarter. Yeah. Yeah. It looks amazing. And I just like, I can't wait to read this. I think we should read that and do a review of it as well. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah. And if you if you have time if you have time to read Too Good to Be True, uh, it's it's worth reading. It's like seventy pages, and it's a uh, it's a really good story. Cool. Yeah, I'll check it out. So, so anyways, back to, I'm, I, I'm trying to get back to my investing conversation. We keep getting sidetracked. <laughs> so now with comics, what I'm doing besides the ones I'm reading, if I'm buying a comic to quote unquote invest for or to hold for the future, I think of a couple of things. One, is this something I'm even interested in? You know, I don't want to buy first appearances of characters that I don't give a shit about. You know, like. I'm not going to go buy the first appearance of Moon Knight because I don't really care about Moon Knight at all. But I want to buy characters. If I'm going to invest in comics, I'm going to buy stuff that I enjoy, stuff that I like, and I'll do things to make sure that the ones I buy are the ones that are going to go up. You know, first appearances, first issues in a series, a death, an origin, something that makes sense. And 
anymore. Sometimes now, like the first time an artist draws that character can be worth money. Like the first Frank Miller on Daredevil is skyrocketed in value. Yeah. And it's insane because all it is is just the first time one guy drew the character, but it's worth like four times more than, than the books right around it. Yeah. I have a so, large Frank Miller run on Daredevil that I forgot I bought it. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. I bought it all at once. I got to look. I don't know what numbers I have, but it's a pretty large. It's almost the complete Frank Miller run. Nice. Nice. Yeah. That's awesome. There's a few key issues missing, but most of them are there. It's a good run. So, but, and I'll buy Like, my dad had a thing for investing. So my dad, it's been talking to my dad in new comics. He would, he would buy and resell them and invest them all the time. But his thing was if you truly want to invest in anything, and, and this, is, this was in like the late, late 90s, early 2000s, like, but if you truly want to invest in anything, you need to put, put your money where the value is and go for things that are pre 1969 and older. Because anything after that, has such a high print run, and he's talking about comic books, baseball cards, any kind of collectible. If it's if it's newer, than like 1970, unless it's like a key appearance, there's there was tons of them printed. There are exceptions, you know, like Wolverine in the 70s and some other ones there. But generally, if you go you know 69 and back, you're looking at books that had shorter print runs. As far as <clears throat> what survived to today, I mean, they may have had a larger print run, but Stuff from the sixties did not survive as stuff from the, like like stuff from the seventies. Because from the seventies, people were actually starting to actually collect them. Yeah. So you go from before the collectors boom, and seventies was the first big collectors boom in comics and in baseball cards and any kind of cards really. Yeah. So that's where you that's, go. You put, that's where the value is. Yeah, I think there's there, there's a lot of truth to that statement. Like the eighties, the comic book prints in the eighties started really ratcheting up, and then the nineties it just got ridiculous, right? I mean, yeah, I was talking to I was talking to uh, Russ over at Mill Geek today, and he was talking about the fact that, dude, in the nineties, you know, the average print run for some of the for most of the Marvel titles was two hundred fifty thousand to three hundred thousand prints per book, and that was average. Yeah. That wasn't even being a big hit, and then you had things like the. You know, the X-Men with Jim Lee, which I don't know, what, four million or something like that? Some yeah, crazy like, amount. But now, it's, it's, yeah, but insane. those but those print runs in the 2000s, because the bottom fell out in the 90s. It did hard. It felt, yeah, it felt hard. hard. Yeah. And then in the 2000s, so I would contend that your dad's right. But I think I think collecting now in the 2000s and even up until today, the print runs are much smaller than they ever have been before, you know, considering the last 20 years. Like from the seventies, eighties, and nineties. Now the print runs are probably about where they should be, maybe even less. Like if you look like The Walking Dead number one, it's only a seven thousand print run, seven thousand copies. That's it. You know? Of number one, yeah, that's all they yeah, printed. It's they, they, they didn't know it was going to be a hit or not, so they. Did but a, a more and more run. are doing that. They're not taking the chances like they used to and print out a million copies or two hundred fifty thousand copies or whatever it is because they don't want to. They'll do a normal print run of like ten thousand, twelve thousand. And they'll go. And Marvel just announced they're canceling 18 titles because they're selling less than 10,000 copies a month. Yeah. So those are playing on what your dad said about the amount of comics that were coming out. And I don't talk about the, the amount of titles, but the actual print runs of comic books coming out. It's less right now than, a, than it has been in a very long time. Maybe maybe I misspoke on how I, how I worded that because it's not that the print runs are less now or more now than they were in the 60s because... Jimmy Olsen was canceled with a print run of like 250,000 in 1974. That's crazy. So, yeah. Because books in the 70s or books in the 60s had huge print runs. I mean, 60s, people were eating up comic books left and right. There were people were buying them, but they weren't caring for them. They weren't bagging and importing them. They weren't, right. you know, they're folding them up, them. putting them in their back pocket. Right. So 
even though current books may have a 25, 50,000 print run, which is less than what may have been printed in the 60s, 90% of the current books are going to be kept in mint condition. Whereas 90% of the old books are going to be in crap condition. Yeah, yeah. That's why you go for the older ones, because there's less of them now, and most of them have been destroyed. Yeah, but I mean, if you put it side by side, but what you just said, and and you're right. I mean, don't get me wrong, dude. There's always going to be more value in the older books. That's just a given, right? Because that's why it costs you an arm and a leg. Go go get go get a Justice Society from the from the nineteen from the forties. You're gonna spend right. twenty grand. You know, yeah, it's gonna be expensive as hell. Yeah, I mean, it's just a, there's just a difference of of the amount that's going in. It's like if you're gonna sell, sell big ticket items. Totally get it. My contention is this: is like you're not wrong in what you're saying. I'm just saying that the print runs now are so much lower than they have been in so long. Throwing out grading or throwing out the condition that people keep their comic books in, just throw that out the window for now. I'm just saying that yeah. I think it's still a good time to start collecting because, one, the print runs are low. Like Saga number 1, the print run on that's not very much. I think it's less than 20000 Yeah. You know? And there's a lot of people that didn't get it, right, and then go find it now. It's, it's, it's a tough book to actually go get, except for on eBay. Right. But you're also talking about a book that has a huge following and that is, you know, yeah, yeah, but the, sought, sought after. Totally, to- totally legitimate. I'm just saying that the, the print runs now are, are starting to be lower. I mean, because I can see where the print runs will start to go. Well, actually, no. I think the print runs are, will continue to be low because of the digital quality that people can go and, and, and do. Like you and I, most of the comic books we read right now is on our tablets. Most, almost all. Yeah, and except, then for the, we, except for the ones I got from the cons. Yeah, except for the ones we give, the ones we get to the cons from people who want us to read them and review them. Everything else I get right now is digital because if I'm buying a book, I buy something for a collection or something that I want. It's old. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. Like I got the uh, Green Lantern, Green Arrow. Was it number eighty two or eighty five? Eighty five. The the drug cover. Yeah, yeah eighty five. Yeah, and I, I'm not. I, I like Green Arrow. I'm not a big Green Lantern fan. I just don't get them as a character. I just I don't get excited by it. I think the whole you don't like Hal Jordan. Let's be honest. Well, yeah, I like John Jonathan. Stewart. I just like the the attitude of Jonathan Stewart, right? Yeah, that's what I like. I like the attitude of him. But dude, when they use the ring and they make a big freaking baseball mitt to catch somebody, <laughs> that puts me out, man. I'm done. I'm like this. I like the, the, that. Yeah, I just don't like it. I think it's stupid, and it's too much. I mean, for You're me, stupid. Yeah, probably. But it just. <laughs> I just, I honestly, I don't get it. But I didn't buy it for Green for Green Arrow or Green Lantern. I bought it for that Neil Adams cover. Uh, that's a classic cover right there. You know, I mean, that's what I want to put on. I want to get slabbed. And I, I'm not talking getting it rated because that, that thing would rate like a, at like a three. You know, it's in shitty condition. But yeah. slap, like get one of the ones that you were talking about and just slab it so I can put it up on the wall because that one is, that's amazing art. Yeah. Period. It's one of, it's one of the best covers from that time period. Yeah. So- you know, so that's what I'm looking at too. Now I'm cherry picking. You might be doing a little bit different of things that you're like, I want to read that, I want to check it out, and I'm looking at it like, you know, do I think that book's going to have a little bit more value? You know, is if it's going to double in value in like five, six years, then I want to get it. Right. So it's 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 a tough bet. So what I, my my whole the whole reason why I made the comment about the older ones is because yeah, if you're getting if you're getting into collecting now, the one thing to Again, the collecting for investing now, the one thing to keep in mind is always buy what you like 
don't buy things that you don't like think, thinking that just just thinking it's going to be worth money because that's how a lot of people get into these traps where they're buying oh they they fall they're following these trends and they're buying these books and all of a sudden yeah, yeah. one out of 100 books they buy is worth money but then they still have 99 books that are worth less than cover price because right, right. See, I'm buying 30, I'm buying ones that are known to already be worth and I know that they're going to go up you know what I mean I'm not taking chances on things right and, that, 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 and that's the problem with buying newer books. I mean, you talk about Saga and Walking Dead. Yeah, that's great. But for every Saga and Walking Dead, there are there's oh, a, a thousand. thousand other books that have a lower print run or a, a, a similar print run that are still worth less than cover price or maybe worth exactly cover price. I mean, case in point, a book that we love, Copperhead, did not have a huge print run, number one. And you can still buy number one for cover price. Yeah. 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 So I'm hoping that, to change that to be, by telling yeah. people to go get it now. You have to be careful with buying, with investing in newer books because if you try and follow trends on books that come out each month, it's hard because like, you know there was just Totally Awesome Hulk number twenty two, which had the first Weapon H in it, which is a, a Wolverine Hulk hybrid character, and that's shot up in value right away. As you could buy cover price and resell like the next day or the same day for twenty thirty dollars. Those don't happen very often, and you got to realize for every you know there's one book that that happens to new every couple of months, but there's how many other books that come out every month that. Within three months from now, you could buy in, in a dollar bin. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's <clears throat> totally legitimate. When you're starting collecting today, but if you collect against titles today, you have to have the long investment mentality, right? You know, because you might get lucky on books that get hot right away, like the Saga Number One or Walking Dead Number One, or you know, even Batman New Fifty Two Number One. That one was yeah. like cover price forever, and then all of a sudden it shot up to hundred bucks for some reason. I don't even know why. Which is crazy. Know why. It's crazy. It, it, it doesn't have a small print run, so <laughs> yeah, it's, I don't know. it's it's really kind of weird, actually. But or that um, what is that the the Jacques cover with the Joker that all of a sudden is just worth an arm and a leg? Oh, I don't know. And, and it's only from a few years ago. Is it's, it? And it, it's before it, I think it's the last Batman before the renumbering from New Fifty Two, or the second to the last Batman. Oh no! It's the one with with uh, the Joker with the bat symbol eyes and all the bats in his head, phoning up. I don't know. It could be. It's a yeah, jo- it's a jock cover. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's here. Look in the Source Connect chat. Open in a new tab. New tab. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, that Detective one. 880. Yeah. Detective Comics 880. That's an awesome cover. I actually have that. I actually have a poster of that. <laughs> yeah, it's an amazing cover. I mean, I mean, that's jock for you though, right there, right? That guy is just ridiculous. Super nice guy too. We got to meet him. Oh yeah, he's, to him. we have a baseball a trading card signed by him. He's, it's right here at my desk, right in front of my Jeff Schutze mouthful of madness print. Oh, you still have my Jim Shootsy Jeff bought books too. <laughs> yeah, they're on my dresser. So when we I still have go your, down there. I still have all this shit for you that you left here too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, but yeah, but for some reason, I mean, amazing cover has nothing to do with what's on in the inside of that book. And that book doesn't no. have any like major turning points or new characters or death or storyline plots that make a difference. It's just the cover. It's just the cover. But, but so no one knew that. So, but I'm just saying, like, that's a shot in the dark. You got that, you got that book, and all of a sudden you got it for two dollars or whatever the cover price was and now it's like 85 bucks 90 bucks it's, for that book. yeah so i'm gonna kind of disagree with you there a little bit because of this 
historically speaking, in the, in the world of collecting comic books, any comic book that has any kind of uh, intricate something with Joker on the cover throughout the history of Batman in any Batman storyline or in, in the Batman comic books or in the detective line comic books, the main two lines, any issue that has the Joker on the cover and almost any, any aspect, or even when the Joker crossed over like action comics, that issue gets worth more than issues around it. Just, just because the Joker's on the cover because right. But not by it, this much, dude, it's, it's well, selling it, now for $76 for just no, a I know. fine copy. And then one guy sold it for, Four hundred and twenty-five dollars for well, a nine point eight. Yeah, it's but graded. I'm just still saying four hundred twenty-five dollars for just because it has Joker on the cover. That's that's an outlandish amount, dude. That's that's not. Hey, I'm worth five dollars more, or maybe ten dollars more. I mean, what's well, eight eighty? What's what's eight seventy-nine? My point is this, though, dude. Let, let me make my point. My point is this: you're you're completely right in saying if you want to make money and you want to have ones that be worth something. Going pre-69, 1969 is always getting better. I'm just saying that if you're – today is still a good day to start collecting and start thinking about investing into comic books because you get – you might get – but you have to think of that long shot, that – not long shot, but that long-term investment in your mind because you might get an, a Detective Comics number 880 or Batman right. 880 or whatever it is. Well, I, all, all I was trying to say that in historically speaking with, 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 with Batman covers – yeah. If the Joker's on it and it's something that if it's like that cover where it's something different like that, yeah. It's typically going to be worth more money. So it's not like it's a shot in the dark if you're if you know about the Joker and Batman, it's typically if you if there's Joker on the cover, you can you can kind of bet okay, that one's going to be worth a little bit more because there was an issue of Secret what was it? Was it Secret Origins or Secret I Think it was Secret Origins. No. It was Superman Adventures, the 2013 series that came out that was all the webcomic ones first, and then they went into print. I think there was like 15 issues of that book. Issue 14 had Joker on the cover, and the day after it came out, because the Joker was on the cover and the Joker was like the hot thing at that time, it was worth triple four times the value of, of everything else around it because it just because it had Joker on the cover. Yeah. And it stayed there. So it's, it's you know, because because DC hasn't put Joker on a ton of covers. I mean, they, they have because it's been 80 years, but... Comparative to other characters, the Joker appears on covers sporadically. Even storylines the Joker's in, he's not. He's not on all the covers, which is. I mean, he's he's appeared on more covers since New Fifty Two than I think he had in the last like twenty or thirty years in the main two storylines because he would only show up every now and then, and not he wasn't used as like the main villain for the whole entire run, you know. So when the Joker showed up, because Joker is such an iconic character and everybody loves him so much, or at least they they appear to. Those ones went up more in value. Now that cover there, the 880, is worth a lot more because of the cover and because of what it is than it, you know, probably should be because there's nothing special about it besides the fact that it has a cool cover. But that happens, like yeah, yeah. But any, but that just that just solidifies what the only point I'm trying to make is that there are books of value that come out today, and and that that's one of them. And you could have bought it for price point and then all of a sudden you know two years later it's worth it's it's selling for a hundred bucks yeah yeah i mean easily it's i'm not i'm not that's all i'm, I'm not saying. denying that fact there's, there's definitely ways to invest in comics newer comics are today yeah because your dad's not wrong in saying that the best ones that invest in today is still you know pre-1969 well, he's not wrong he was saying i don't think that's ever going to change yeah, he was saying your safe the safe bet is to buy older stuff yeah but yeah 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 the it's, safe it, bet is always going to be that it's it's harder to invest in newer comics because you know you end up with a lot of stuff that's not worth money Right, hence 
my 12 boxes of short boxes that 90% of it's probably not worth anything. Right. Now, there's going to be some runs that I'm not going to get rid of. Like, like my Copperhead run, I'm never going to get rid of that because I love that storyline. And I don't know. It it, it might be trading at, at, at cover price now, but all it takes is AMC going, hey, we really like this. We want to pick it up. Right. And then all of a sudden, you're like, holy crap, Kendrick has every single variant cover of number one, and there's each of them are skyrocketing because of and it. And what a nerd. And what a nerd. Yeah, totally, totally legit. <laughs> but I'm just saying it's all it takes, right? Yeah, it's all it takes. And so so there's certain things. But I have a lot of stuff that, you know, I like I love Birthright. It's a it's a lot of fun to read. I don't know if you've read it yet. I haven't read it now. It's from yeah, it's from Image. It, it's 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 fun. It's about a kid that gets kidnapped, but he didn't actually get kidnapped. He got he got teleported to an alternate uh, universe that has a big war going on with this evil wizard demon guy, and he grows up there, and then he gets transferred back, and it's only been like a few years since he disappeared, but he's a full grown man, I think you know, I, with a bunch of battle experiences. I think I read and, a preview on that. I think- yeah, it's it's pretty fun, you know. It's. Uh, you know, I don't know. It's fun. I, I have the complete run so far, and 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 I I do enjoy it. It's 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 good. And I mean, I like Image stuff more than DC or Marvel right now because you get such a unique storyline most of the time, and it's and they're all self-contained, as opposed to this whole like, oh, you got to read this, 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 and this to get the same right to get the full effect of the story. Well, and not kind of and, and not everything's best. a superhero. Some stuff is you know stories, and they tell you because you know there's so much more than just superhero stories out there. Right, right, and that's not that's not to say that DC and Marvel don't have storylines that are not about superheroes. Like Men of Wrath is an icon title, and icons owned by it's Marvel's adult mature stuff. Yeah, and that is there's no superheroes in that thing. Man. Let me tell you right now, <laughs> there's just a bunch of assholes. But it's 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 crazy. It's good. So, and that could be a movie like uh, The History of Violence. Yeah, that was a good movie. It's a good movie. Great comic. You know, and I think a lot of people that went and saw the movie thought they loved the movie, didn't realize that's a comic book. I can guarantee you most people didn't know that was a comic book. <laughs> yeah. Just like how yeah. most people didn't know Road, Road to Perdition was a comic book. I didn't know that. With Tom Hanks? I didn't know that until afterward. Yeah, yeah. I, I had, oh, I know it now, but I mean, I didn't know it when I saw the movie. Hmm. Yeah, that, there's so many movies that come out and TV shows that are based on comics nobody knows about. Well, yeah, because you're, you know, they're rebooting and trying to redo so many things that they've start to realize there's a whole medium of amazing stories that have been going on for 80 years. Yeah. And it's not just the superhero genre, you know, cause people think comic books, they think, they think Superman, they think Batman, they think X-Men, right? They think Spider-Man. They don't think other thing, anything else. <laughs> yeah. And there's so much more like saga. Saga is a space opera. There's no superheroes in saga. No, there's not. It's saga is beautiful. <laughs> Yeah, it, it's a drama with 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 in depth character development. Yeah, it's not a superhero book. It's it's a lot different and but amazingly done and done very very well. You know, read Why the Last Man. Same same writer. We've talked about these two books before. Why the Last Man? One of the greatest comic book storylines ever put to paper. No superheroes. Right and. That's one I want to reread. I need, I need to pick up the volume, the trades that are by digitally. So I want to reread. I haven't read all of that story. <laughs> yeah, I have the trade paperbacks. All of them? I think so. No, I'll have to borrow them from you. Yeah, the trade paperbacks are good. Just because you can just sit and read them and then, you know, and go volume by volume. Yeah, yeah. Not to worry about, uh, not you know, 
each book. And I mean, I don't know. I used to love to read the books in my hand each time, but anymore I can just lay in bed with my tablet and read them on my tablet. It's it's so much easier. I don't, I don't lose my place. I don't have to worry about ruining them. I don't know. Yeah, it's tough. Sometimes I love the feel of it in my hand, though. The I just, smell of right, it. It's, I'm torn because <laughs> it's hard. It's it's all part of that. It's all part of the ritual. Yeah, I think it's more about the ritual than. It, and if if maybe if I was a child of today, I could care. I could give a fuck less. You yeah, know, and, and honestly, I could care less. And honestly, for anybody out there listening, I, I don't care how you read comic books, comics, whether you do it with a physical book or you buy it digitally. It doesn't matter. Just read them. Just read them and have fun with them. I, I'm not. I'm not going to be the, the prick. To like, oh, well, you don't. You don't buy the comic book and read them in your hand. Ugh, you're. You know, that's stupid. Right. I've actually. Right. I've actually. I don't care. If, I've actually read and ahead. watched and heard like listened to podcasts and shit. But people arguing over which one's better, and I'm like, who? Neither one's better. They're both great options for reading comics. Who cares? Yeah. 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 No, I 100 percent agree with that. I mean, it's like, who cares? Just read them. You know, I just don't let this medium die in any form. You know what I mean? And the more people read, whether it be digitally or be a comic book in your hand, great. And, you know, the best way to do it, too, is if you can buy it direct from the creator, do it. Oh, yeah. Especially if you're doing independent, because that helps them out a lot. Yeah, because every time you buy something from Comixology, while that's great and helps them out, Comixology has a cut out of that. But, but, so if you can go, you know, go, I don't want to say around that, because Comixology is great or any other platform to buy it. But if but you, you go, can go straight, direct. Yeah, if you go direct, more money goes to the creators and incentivizes the creators to create more stuff and do more with the, what they have, which is awesome. Yeah, I I just purchased a bunch from uh, Kevin Joseph over at with Tart. Oh, did you? Yeah, I bought I bought ten volumes, number one, volume one. Oh, did you trade paperback and and ten number ones? And I'm going to stick them over at Mill Geek. Oh, nice. Oh, but I bought them direct from from Kevin, and he's going to ship them over to me, and then I'm going to ship. I'm going to put them over at Mill Geek and let Russ sell them. That's cool. And then we'll just split and then I'll just get the, the you know, maybe I'll make my money back on what I spent. I don't really care because I just I just think that storyline <laughs> and I just think Kevin is such a great guy. That book is such a gem that we found. I mean, yeah, I happened to back yeah, Kickstarter and we just happened to meet him at Comic-Con. It's it's such a yeah, good book. He's such it's such a good book. The art is fantastic and a fun read and it's like a psychedelic type of art that like what Stephen Frank named it right off the bat when I told him it reminded me of American Pop. He was yeah. like, oh, that really psychedelic feel. I'm like, yes. Yeah. yeah. That's what I was trying to tell Kevin Joseph because I don't think Kevin had ever watched American Pop. And I didn't yeah. want people to think that I was downgrading anything. It's not that. <laughs> it's amazing stuff. That's what I liked about it. It and is. So, you know, so I, that's why I, you know, beyond backing it, I just thought the stuff that he has now and the, the inventory he has now, if I can get it into Russ's hands, to, to put on his shelf and say, hey, check this out and give people a discount to be able to take it home. And then I can make my the, the little bit of money that that I, that Kevin charged me back for myself and then split the profit with Russ. Yeah. It's a win-win for everybody. Well, yeah, because his book, it, it gets his book on the West Coast because he's in Florida and it's more, yep. it's more people to read that story, which is, you know, it's a yeah, great story. Yeah, and then if they sell out really quick and people like it, then Russ can just order directly from kevin after that there you go perfect we should try and get him into yeah. some of the other stores too up here hills of comics yep we should go to there and get hills of comics and then there's a couple other ones i've been to which probably which will probably be good yeah yeah but i figured i'd just let russ sell them and if they sell great and then he can i don't want to put any onus on russ i'm just going to put him there for free you know what i mean yeah yeah and then if they sell then i can recoup money if they don't sell then whatever yeah. i don't you know i'm not gonna 
but I think anybody who reads it is going to like it. If they pick it up and read it, they're probably, it'll probably sell. It's a great book. I'm not. I, yeah, I'm not worried about it selling because it's a good book. And I think, and and that's another thing. You want to take that long shot. And you want to invest in comic books. Investing in independence is a great way to go because if you were around in the early '90s, the late '80s, and you picked up the Crow, yeah, or in the, or or Cerebus, Aardvark. or Cerebus. Yeah. Oh, the Cerebus in the '70s, yeah. Or picked up, you know, you know Albedo or the Ninja Turtles. Yep. Or Concrete. All these things. Or Grendel. Yeah, Grendel. Or Grendel. Yeah, all these things that are now These are all huge. independents that were huge. Yeah, that took off. Yeah, Hellboy. You know, and you can, you can still do that today. Yeah. You can still find those, those independent comic books. And when they're really good and you love it, you know, maybe it won't be worth anything, but maybe it will be. Right. You know, and then you'll be, you'll be going, I got this. For a dollar ninety nine, right? Or I backed this on Kickstarter for thirty bucks, and I got all this extra stuff, and now they're making a movie out of it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, get yourself in on the ground floor there. It's just, I don't know. It's, it's fun, and it, it, it's exciting when something like that actually happens, and you're, and you can feel like you were, maybe you were part of the creative process, which is fine, but you feel like you're a part of it, like you're, you're like before everybody else, and you're the in crowd before it actually happened, and that's only going to happen if you support independent comics. Exactly, you're not, you're not going to get that from DC or Marvel or even Dark Horse. Nope. I mean, nope, yeah, nope, because you know what, you can if you love co- like just for example, if you love Copperhead, right? Yeah, and you go onto Twitter and you tweet out to Drew Moss who did the last two volumes how much you love the artwork and the storylines, he's going to reply. Well, yeah, and you can also go tell you, Scott yeah. Snyder that you loved Batman Fifty Two. Unless she knows you, he's not replying. Yeah, or if he, or, or if he does, you got lucky because he gets a lot of people at him. Yeah. If, yeah, yeah, yeah. You might get a heart, right? <laughs> you might get which a mean, like. You know what I mean? mean I, I've heard I've heard Scott Snyder's a great guy, but it's nothing against him. Which is he's it's nothing to do with yeah. that. It has nothing to do with that. It's just the fact that somebody who's doing the independent scene and working on books is going to be more inclusive with you. Than somebody that's doing corporate stuff, even if they're doing amazing work, like on DC and Marvel stuff. And Scott Snyder is an amazing. Like I'm reading Batman Metal; it's freaking awesome. Yeah, that's what I've heard. I've I haven't read it. It's yet. really <laughs> good. Yeah, and 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 Snyder. I mean, Snyder and Capullo did did the the new Fifty Two Batman run, yep. which was great. Yeah. If you haven't read that run, the Court of Owls storyline and the whole. The whole Joker storyline where he's cutting his face off. Isn't, Get out of here, so man. It's so dark and intense. And, and it's awesome. Yeah. It is awesome. And so Snyder's great. But that's not a, a knock on Snyder. I just pulled his name out of the air because he's a, a well-known artist or writer that you're not going to get an interaction like him. I mean, we can't get Snyder on our podcast as much as we want to and would love to have it. And we'll try to get him on. We'll keep trying. <laughs> I mean, I'll, I'll, you know what I mean? I, I tweet at him every once in a while, and, and I'll keep doing it. Right. But we tweeted Scott God, Godleski with Copperhead, and he was like, of course I'll come on. And Drew Moss. And we had an amazing conversation. Yeah, we saw, we saw, we saw to schedule Drew Moss, because he's supposed to, he wants to come on. Yeah. We, yeah, we need to do that, especially before he's off Copperhead. Yeah. <laughs> you know, well, I mean, that's a terrible way to say it, but I mean. <laughs> yeah. Before he's done doing the book we like, after that, fuck him. Yeah, yeah, that's not what I mean. It's just that it's just I just I just I, I have a selfish need of knowing everything that's going on with Copperhead. That's just me, because I'm for some reason that book really got me and it really spoke to me in a in a weird way, that, and I just that, really that really really enjoy panties. it. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of funny. It is what it is. It's but, it's a good book. I mean, it's a great book. So yeah, it's a fun book. It's it's a lot of fun. I think that's what I like about it. It's it's just a fun read. Yeah, you know yeah, what I mean. Yeah. I don't have to feel like you know intense about it. Like I don't know. 
<laughs> it's it's just different. But that's how we got like the Stefan Franks on and, and all them because they're independents that want to come on. One, one they want to promote their their material. Yeah. Two, they they're doing it and they're doing it at a level that is different than somebody that has a corporate job that's getting paid a different scale. You know? Like Stefan Frank has to love the characters that he's working with because he's created them and he's promoting them and he's doing everything with them. He's putting them in the, in the situations. It's, it's a little, I think it's a little different. Now somebody might come on like a Ryan Cody might come on to our show and say, now nah, you're, you're fucking high. That's not <laughs> entirely accurate. You know what I mean? Like Scott Snyder loves Batman as much as Bob Kane did, you know, but I would contest that that's not really possible. Yeah, I I don't I don't know. It's it's tough. I, there's a different amount of love that you get if you if you're the creator. Yeah, right. Because you, you know what I mean. It's like you've given birth to this. It's not the same thing as somebody that's been writing like the character's been out for eighty years, and now you have a new person. Just you know, you know, here's the new boss, same as the old boss, kind of thing. Right. It, that's that's what I think about. Not that they don't love doing what they're doing. And not going to make these amazing storylines because they, you know, you're going to get, you're going to have some bad storylines and you're going to have some amazing storylines and you're going to have some legendary storylines that change the course of the character, albeit Mike Grell with Green Arrow. Yeah, exactly. Right? Not albeit, but uh, for example, not albeit, for example, Mike Grell <laughs> with Green Arrow. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that in itself tells me that, but even. Sorry, I lost track of my thought there for a second. My, even Mike Grell changing the way Green Arrow is, and he loves the character, doesn't have the same can't he can't have the same relationship as the creator of the Green Arrow. You just can't do it. Yeah, I mean it's yeah because well I don't know. Are you telling me that somebody has a different has the same intense relationship as Superman as Schuster and Siegel? I would say that after 80 years of a character being being in there, that there are more likely people out there who are fans of the character that are more intensely intertwined with that character than the creators were when they originally created it because of one of how the characters changed. These people would have grown up with the character of their entire life, which would have given them yeah. a, a certain insight into that character of growing up watching it grow with them you know growing up with the character but isn't that more like a isn't that more like a sibling though than a parent yeah i mean yeah because i think siegel and schuster would come back if they could be here today and see the impact that superman has and they they have a they had an idea before they died what the impact that he had because they were around when the movies came out and that changed everything with superman yeah in my mind oh yeah but if they were around today, the amount of pride of what their character represents cannot be on the same level of anybody else. I, see, I, I see, just don't see how. I see what you're saying. I, I would say that's true for that, – that's definitely true for in, – in most cases. And probably generally all cases. But there's, there's definitely some, some people who create characters that are throwaway characters that end up getting life they don't like. Yeah. And, and you know, in in that case, I mean, I can't I can't think of anything else. Yeah, off that's my head, true. That's but. true. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I guess it depends on on. But see, when it comes to an independent comic, though, yeah, that's right? different. That's different. That's different. You know, and I think that's what makes. I think that's the passion that you get out of reading that book. 
for what goes into it, unless they're just a terrible writer and that's right. out there. And, <laughs> and I feel bad for the people like, cause they put so much work into it and they just don't have uh, the talent that it's, you know what I mean? There is a point where, I mean, you can learn it and over time they might become like the, the, they might become great, but that, you know, they might not have the talent at the beginning and they, you know, but they, but they're still going to love their work. Yeah. They're still like we might have the shittiest podcast in the world for all I know, but I love doing this. Yeah, right. I love talking with you and, and and doing going over everything and editing it down and putting it out there and then being a total geek and looking at our stats and seeing right. how many people have have listened to our stuff. Not because it, it not because it gives me a huge ego. It's just that I love sharing it and I want to see how many people are out out there listening to what we're doing and you know because I don't think I'd care if one person listened to it all. Year if long, it's one I'd person, it's like oh, we, we reached one person. That's, I mean, I'm the same way. I just want to know yeah. that somebody's listening. It's like with my, with my comics. If as long as somebody reads it and enjoys it, I'm happy. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Which is yeah. a terrible way to do business, but it's personally, I'm like, eh, if if one person's like, oh, your book was really good or your artwork was really good, I'm like, I feel justified. I'm like, okay, I did a good job. Yay. Go yep. me. Yep. And we well, all right, and, guys. We, and we don't oh, on, and we don't have the shittiest podcast out there. I know that for a fact. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think we do. That's not what I'm saying. I mean, have, yeah. you, have you have you heard why? I was making a point. <laughs> what does that mean? Uh, <laughs> what do you think? What are you saying about YTCL Radio? <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm just saying. That show. Uh, that show. Oh man, I'm gonna play this segment for Kaylee. <laughs> <laughs> no, I love. No, in all fairness, I do like. I mean, just. Shooting shit, but that's a fun show, dude. It's fun. I, I everybody it. should go out and check out Y2CL Radio. You guys have a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah. But I like this show. You know, it's I just like shows. It's just well, it's different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're a different type of show. We, you know, that show is just you, you guys shooting the shooting the shit, right? Yeah, we just pick a topic and talk about it and random random shit around the world. But whatever. Yeah, yeah. I was just, I was just actually, making a funny joke saying that we're that my my other podcast is shittier than this one, which is you know a low bar to go. That's all. That's all I was saying. <laughs> <laughs> it's a low, low bar. Oh, that's funny. So hold on. Well, all right, guys. But wait, go no, ahead. Before you, oh. before you, I'm gonna stop You're you again. Me, I, I'm gonna keep stopping you because I want. I want to point something out to you. Do you realize this episode was our investing episode, but it's actually two episodes. Yeah. This is our investing episode and our why we need independence episode. <laughs> oh, I guess we did. We, we did both topics. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> yeah, that's all right. We might do. Well, we'll. we'll We'll do another independent episode. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because I think what I'd like to do is get a few independent people on. Yeah. And talk about their experiences and, and how they go through and what, you know, why they do what they do. And, you know, because if you're doing independent comics, you have to have a second job. You're not making no money. Right. You know, unless you get lucky and you hit the you hit the lottery. And I mean, there's there's there are some out there definitely out there that do that. But in general, if you're like, it's what you consider independent, but, you know, like, you're doing more than just your independent book, whether whether that second job is actually going to place for a job or working for, for people besides your own book. You get you've probably got more stuff going yeah. on. That's right. That's right. Okay, we're good. We're good. Now you can do the closing. Uh, okay. All right. Hey, there you go. Guys. <laughs> That's a show. <laughs> That's a show and a half right there. Uh, that was a lot of fun. Yeah. It was a good conversation. It was, man. You know, you start thinking about things and. You go, you go some strange places you when you start really thinking about what we're what we're talking Especially about. On this hopefully, show. yeah, and hopefully people give collecting a chance. I, I I think it's good. I think people getting out there and collecting books and breathing new life into a you know into an industry yeah. that could 
could could always use more more people and don't dis- discourage other people from liking different books than, than what you like. No, I like what you like. I mean, ultimately, the closing thought for this for me is if you're going to collect and invest or just read, do you know, collect and invest or read what you enjoy, what you like. And ultimately, if you're not having fun with it, you're doing it wrong. That's right. Have fun. If you're not having fun, do something. Try something else. Exactly. All right. Well, there you go, guys. Don't forget, we're on Facebook. We're on Twitter. You're, you can listen to us on TuneIn. You can listen to us on SoundCloud, Google Play, iTunes, Stitcher, Play FM. Oh, yeah. Oh, play yeah, FM. Play.fm. Yeah. That's right. Remember, if you listen to us on iTunes, give us that five stars. Yes. Don't be messing around with no four stars. You mess around with four stars, just it's a waste of time. We'll, come, af- we'll, we'll come after you. I'll find you. That's right. Right. We'll, we'll come after you and cry and beg for Please that. Please give us star. five stars. Yes. So there you guys go. We're out of here. Peace.